Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, Score, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Welcome to DBR Racing Products the leader in 3D modeling and innovations. Since 2015, they have been revolutionizing the industry, starting with their groundbreaking YFZ450R battery boxes. But they didn't stop there. They have continued to push the boundaries, constantly improving their design with each new version. In 2018, they introduced the game-changing Vortex EXO cage specifically designed to securely hold the Vortex ECU in a safe and sturdy location. This breakthrough innovation ensures your ECU stays protected even in the toughest racing conditions. At DBR, they understand that every detail matters. That's why they also offer an array of essential products to enhance your racing experience. Their spark plug hold downs keep your engine firing at peak performance while their LTR breather boxes ensure optimal ventilation for your machine. Their LT250 engine skid plates are a must have for those seeking unmatched protection. Engineered to shield your engine from impacts and rough terrain, they provide the ultimate defense for your ATV. But that's not all, they've developed ProPeg mounts that allow you to use TRX450R Nerf bars, giving you greater control and maneuverability on the track. To explore their full range of innovative products and learn more about DBR Racing, 
visit their website at www.dvratv.com. You can also reach them directly at 507-828-1233. Their knowledgeable team is ready to assist you with any questions or inquiries. DVR Racing Products, where innovation meets performance, unleash the power within you. Tracy Pickens, thank you so much for coming to ATV Talk. I really appreciate it. I know you're having some weather there, but thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're so welcome. We just got noticed the power should be back on at 1.30. So, but we're all good. We got the generators running. That's so great. Um, this has been a long overdue for me to reach out and get a hold of you. Um, I didn't know how to do it, didn't know how to reach you. And obviously you're wearing the GBC shirt. So am I. Corey Ellis goes, oh yeah, no problem. Sent me your phone number and here we are. That's awesome. I love Corey. I've known Corey for many, many, many years. And uh, I knew him as a racer and, and, you know, now he's one of my sponsors. So it's really, really cool. Uh, and the fact that he knows everybody makes it even makes my job or my life much easier because uh, I reach out to him and ask, Hey, do you know so-and-so? Yeah, no problem. I'll hook you up. And bam. Oh, yes. <laughs> he definitely is a people person. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's outstanding. <laughs> um, not a lot of people um, in the non cross country world. Well, I take that back. There's a lot of people that are your fans that don't, that, that travel in all worlds in ATVs, but you're a 12 time champion. Yes. 12 times. How many of those were consecutive? Ooh, I went on a spree and I think 2006 and I won five in a row, I think. Wow. So, that's, yeah. That's incredible. There's right now there's no men challenging the 12 time record at all no not as of right now <laughs> uh, no i mean records are made to be broken <laughs> yes, yes they are yes they are how did you get into atv racing um basically i grew up in Real rural country. Uh, we live in the coal region where there's a lot of strip mines and things like that. And there's not a lot of fun things to do in our area. So uh, I grew up uh, with a family that loved to ride ATVs. So our family fun was our families would all get together and we go on trail rides. And, uh, that's what we did. We go to the strip ins, you know take lunches, uh, go swimming in the stripping holes and just, you know, ride and have fun. And then, uh, I also come from a racing family. My dad and his three brothers, uh, started the Lime Mountain four wheelers, uh, racing series, uh, which is still going on today. Uh, I think they started it in 1972. So, um, yeah, just, I've been, ever since I was born, at a racetrack or been around my dad raced Jeeps and buggies and things like that. So I've been around racers like that. And then we got into the four wheelers and that's how I started racing. Uh, my goal and dream was actually to race a Jeep or something like uh, king of the hammers, like races like that. Like I wanted to be in a machine like that. But, um, when I was uh, 16, 
uh, my brother passed away and we were at a memorial race for him. And four months later at the memorial race for my brother, uh, my father ended up passing away. Yeah, he was on an ATV, uh, but he had a massive heart attack. So, um, well, uh, it's so, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So, like people are like, why aren't you afraid of four wheelers? I'm like, well, four wheeler didn't kill my dad. My, my dad had a massive heart attack. It was going to happen no matter what he was doing. And, you know, you know, he was doing what he loved. He loved being outdoors. He loved racing and that's what he was doing. So, uh, uh, so, you know, being 16, I had to figure out life a little bit on my own. Cause you know, I went to college, graduated high school, went to college. I got a degree in physical therapy assistant and uh got a job and after a few paychecks i went and bought a four-wheeler <laughs> and i decided since i grew up riding a four-wheeler that was what i knew best and you know i sort of figured it out i figured out you know i started doing local races district six and you know learned how to work on things, how to fix things. And luckily I've always been surrounded by great, fantastic people who are always willing to help me. And, uh, I get a lot of compliments from people because, um, they say, you know, you won 12 championships and you didn't have a dad for any of those championships, you know? So it's, it's something that I did not necessarily on my own, but I had a lot of people supporting me and a lot of people who, you know, s stepped into my life and acted like a father figure to, to help me win those championships. That's an incredible story right there. How, how did you find the GNCC series? Um, so I was racing local races, uh, district six, and I met a friend of mine, Mike Lucas, and uh, he was racing the GNCCs and uh, he raced with me at the local series and, you know, was watching my program and stuff. And he said, you know, I really think you should try it. And I'm like, do you think he's like, yeah, he said, I think you'd really like it. And I'm like, all right. So I think it was there was a race at High Point, Mount Morris. That was so that was like the closest GNCC to us. And he's like, you can ride out with me and my family. And so I rode out with them and I did my first race in 1998. I was basically on a stock machine <laughs> and I completed the race. I was so exhausted when I got off that four-wheeler after racing two hours, just laid on the ground. <laughs> I was so exhausted. Like, I'm never going to do this again. But like, I fell in love with it. And the following season, 1999, I ran my full first GNCC season. And now when I have 20 seasons under my belt. <laughs> you have how many? 20 full seasons. Wow. That's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, I found the love, you know. I, I found... When I found GNCC racing and racing alone, I get to help me... You know, it's in different aspects of your life, but racing has helped me cope with the loss of my brother and the loss of my father. And, you know... It, I put all my energy and all my sadness into racing and, you know, I ended up having really good, great results and met so many fantastic, fantastic people along the way. You know, that's the one common story that when you talk to ATV racers, whether they're, you know, in the C class or in the pro class, 
the people that you meet at an ATV race um, stay with you for the rest of your life. They sure do. They sure do. And, you know, they're, they're just always there for you. Even when, even when they don't think you're there for you, they, they show up when, when you need them, even though they don't know you need them. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing atmosphere. GNCC family is, they're fantastic. I, I haven't gotten involved in the GNCC, uh, as deep as I probably would like to have. Um, my brother was really good friends with Bob Sloan and I got to be good friends with Bob and you know, more in the idolizing him figure than, you know, friendship wise, but we, we kind of drifted away after Bob passed. Yeah. And we probably shouldn't have, but, but we did. And, um, you know, we're on the West coast, everything was happening on the East coast and we didn't, uh, yeah, just, it, it just never, never worked out to, um, delve deep into the the series as much as we probably should have. But, um, you know, we have a little bit of roots there, not, 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 not as deep as 20 years like you, but, uh, you know, some of the family, and I know a lot of the riders and, and a lot of the people, my problem is, is, is I didn't know, I know I've known of you for years, but I didn't know the extent to your career and some of your story. You raced 20 years. How long did it take before the WXC, which is considered uh, more of a pro level class? How long did it take for that to come to fruition? So when I first started racing, there was only one women's class. You had one women's class and all us women were put together and we raced a few years like that. And then the GNCC racing was just getting so big that they decided to do this AM and PM race. And that's basically when it all came about because they moved us to the, well, it used to be the 10 a.m. race. Now it's the 11 a.m. race. Um, but once they separated us, us women really got promoted because we were winning that morning overall. And uh, that's how the WXC class developed. But as that was happening, they also started um, youth classes. So there's several girls youth, cl youth classes, and they also have the micro classes, which are the wee little guys, which that's what my son races right now is the micro. And he also does the youth, but, um, now there's all these classes. Like I, I am like ecstatic to see this, to see how women have just grown in GNCC racing. We went from having one women's class to having, you know, girls micro class to, uh, girls youth classes to several, um, women classes in the AM. Also, we don't only have the WXC, but we also have an age bracket women's group. And we also have, uh, the amateur women's group. So it's really cool to have all these different classes now for women to help excel in their careers. And, uh, the first girl to actually go up through the ranks through the youth classes is Hannah Hunter. And look at the great results she's getting right now. She's a three time WXC champion. And it's really cool to watch how she came up through the ranks through all the different classes and 
when she got into that WXC class, she was ready to win championships. That's incredible. She's won three WXC titles. Yes, she has won three. Yes. Wow, that's incredible. I thought I lost track of one because I knew it was two. But yeah, yes, she won three, and and her goal is to get thirteen. <laughs> she did tell me that. She did yeah. tell me that. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> I I in twenty or twenty, it was twenty one. I did a uh, women's championship show where I had Hannah, uh, Tori Matisic from works and Andrea Berger on, and they all talked about the different series and what it was like to be a, a, a woman's champion. And at that time works didn't have a pro class. Now it's the pro women's class to, to, so that they raise the bar and it's working out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I it definitely, there's a need there and I, I think it really helps it really helps to accelerate the women's class and also for sponsors they want sponsors want to see that they want to see the women highlighted and you know if these sponsors are sponsoring you know women I think it really helps with sponsorships to have that WXC class this isn't ATVs but this is where my belief in promoting the women's classes comes from is my daughter played uh, softball and it was always a second class sport and the girls were never respected. And when we were playing softball, we would challenge the little boy, the baseball teams of the same, you know, to play against us, you know, play softball with us and see if you can beat the girls. You're supposed to be so good. You know, you can hit, you can run, you're faster, you're stronger. And we never lost. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, maybe it was our sport. Maybe it was, but the, the little girls that, that played with my daughter were all outstanding. And, and it just drives me so that when, I invite someone such as yourself on the show. Um, it's a special thing for me to promote women in any sport, any type of motorsport or any type of sport, really, that because you don't get enough, you don't get enough accolades and you definitely don't get enough press. Right. Right. I agree. I mean, I, I think it's gotten much better, like from when we first started to where we are now, but I feel there's still lots more room to grow. So do I. So do I. I think that, uh, you know, you, you'll never be able to compare um, men and women's sports on, on, a same, on the same playing field. But there are so many fans of the XC women's class that we all talk about it. Hey, who won? What's going on here? You know, and we're all talking about who won and, and how close was the race and what's going on. And this is from a West coast guy that, um, and people that are in the, in the motocross racing, or they're just my, my family or my friends that have just started watching it from me watching it, you know, and no, we don't get to watch it on TV, but we're checking the stats and looking at the results and five scoring. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I, one of my most memorable highlighted moments in my career was in 2009. Um, I got nominated for uh, the AMA Rider of the Year. 
Now, they also have a female rider of the year, but this was the AMA rider of the year, racer of the year. So that it was men and women in this group. And uh, what was really cool, anyone who was a member of the AMA voted on this. And I ended up winning the nomination. And like right there, like I felt like I've been trying so much to promote women's racing and I felt, I finally felt like I succeeded, you know, to be nominated with other pro men racers and to actually be nominated and actually win the nomination was really, really cool. So, and I also won the GNCC writer of the year also, which meant a lot because that's an award that was only ever, ever given or earned by a man. And it was really cool to be the first woman to ever win that award. So that was, those two awards have been the biggest highlight of my career. And I just hope it inspires other women to, you know, we can do this. We just got to keep pushing through boundaries and we can do this. So you're pretty much the role model in GNCC for the ladies, because you're still racing, you're still racing at a high level and they're all chasing your records and your achievements. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been easy, you know, like, you know, when I race, cause I've raced in all decades of my life. So like, you know, when I first started racing GNCCs, I was in my twenties and, you know, I was trying to figure out life. I was, getting married, you know, building a home, you know, trying to get established, had a career. And, you know, I was figuring out how to win championships and then moved on to my thirties. And, you know, I, I've always worked a full-time job when I've raced because I'm a person that needs to be on a schedule. So I've always worked full-time, even though I was getting paid to race, but I could do it. I could, I was a woman that always wanted to do everything. So I've, figured out like I could still work and I could still win championships. I'm going to do it as long as I can. So in my thirties, I also raced, um, ended up going through a divorce and, uh, I lost some sponsors over that. But when that happened, I also gained a sponsor that I never even was really looking for. That's when I became a factory rider for, uh, Yamaha racing. So that was, you know, a bunch of doors I felt got slammed in my face, but there's a reason those doors got shut because that opened a really, really big door for me. And, uh, I became an ATV racer for Yamaha racing and raced for them for years. And so that was in my thirties. And then later thirties, I, you know, met my husband, Jeff Pickens. And at 37, I had a little baby boy. His name is JP. And uh, at that point in my life, I decided I had nine championships. And I thought I've accomplished enough. I thought I thought I was done racing. I did everything I felt I needed to do in racing. I was gonna, you know, be a mom and just focus on JP. And you know, I did that for three years and then I decided I was coming back. And, uh, so when I came back, I was in my forties, just had a baby three years later. And, uh, I ended up winning three more championships right in a row. 
So I just hope through the years of racing, you know, life's hard in your twenties because you're figuring out life, you know, you, you want to go to college. You also want to party, but you also got to keep your priorities in line. And, you know, I won championships in my twenties. I won championships in my thirties and I won championships in my forties and I won championships after child. So I just hope that just keeps inspiring women when life ain't easy. Life's hard. Life's hard to juggle everything, juggle a family, a home, a career, racing, you know, it's just, it's hard to juggle everything, but you can do it. And I just hope when they look at my career and look at my stats that they, they say, you know, when times are hard, I hope they just think of me and think, you know what, I can do this. She did it. I can do it. When you talk about being a mom and, and, a, and a wife and a racer, um, where does it, where does it all get crazy? Where it gets crazy at is my son, he loves to be involved in everything. And he plays every sport that you can imagine. And I allow that. People are like, well, you know, why don't you cut back? Don't let him do as many things. And I'm like, but, you know, he's nine years old. I want him to have every opportunity that when he does get older, he knows which sport he loves the most and wants to dedicate his time to. Because I fell in love with racing, ATVs, and that's what I've always dedicated my life and my time to. And so I give him all the opportunities I can. So, you know, during the week, you know, I'm a mom cleaning house, cleaning my house, keeping, you know, being a wife, cooking meals. And every evening we're running to either soccer practice, baseball practice, basketball practice, football practice. Plus he also races ATV. So he practices riding at home. And so he carries a pretty full plate, which makes my plate a lot fuller too, but you know, I mean, just like we just want to give him every opportunity and hopefully one day he finds his passion and his love and whatever it is, we'll support him in. How does your husband keep up with you two? <laughs> well, my husband, he's a real go-getter too. He, uh, so when we got married, um, he was working for another, um, environmental company, which was out on the wet. He was in the Pittsburgh area. I live in the Schmoke and more Philadelphia area. So we were on separate sides of Pennsylvania. And uh, he moved out here with me, but he continued having his job out there. So he would leave Monday mornings and he'd come home Thursday night. So he worked four 10 hour days. So he was gone during the week and I had an infant at home and we did it for like a year and a half. And you know, as JP was growing, Jeff was getting, you know, he felt like he was missing out on a lot of JP growing up. And it was a lot harder on me being home with an infant. Granted, I have a wonderful support family. My family all lives around me and my mom is wonderful. I couldn't live without her, but, uh, they just would help me while he was gone. And so one day he sat down, he's like, you know, I think I just really want to start my own business. And so we sat down, we figured out all our finances and I said, let's try it. And, um, he started his own business and he's very successful. He 
Jeff is a go-getter, a hard worker. And so we, JP, have a hard time keeping up with him too. because <laughs> He works full-time, runs his business. He uh, does all of JP's four-wheelers. He does all my four-wheelers. Plus, at that time, Jeff was racing also. Now, this year, Jeff has taken the year off because we are doing some projects here at the house that are pretty big. And he likes to be involved in create we're putting an in-ground pool and stuff in and he loves to be involved with all that handy work and uh so he took this season off from racing but he still continues to help me and jp and uh he'll probably be back racing next year so that's pretty incredible stuff so let's talk training you're obviously a a seasoned veteran Mm -hmm. what do you do to train for uh, those two hour races. Um, my training is a little different than other people. I, I've always been raised by my parents that you have to be working. So my training is, is if, if I have to go out and I guess I'm always moving, put it that way, but I'm accomplishing something. So for me, just to go run down the road for exercise, you know, I have to have a purpose, you know? So if I'm going to go for a run, I'm going to run down the road, but I'm going to go visit someone or I'm going to stop at somebody's house and help them and then come back. So I always had a purpose with training, you know, do I lift weights? Yes. But I don't have a set training. My training always evolved around work. So, you know, I take the ashes out. I use the wheelbarrow. I, you know, I'm always doing gardening yard work. So as long as I'm working, and have a purpose. I always felt like I was, it always kept me in good enough shape for racing. Um, I would ride every day. As of right now, I can't do that as much because of a JP because of his massive schedule. But, um, you know, back in the day, you know, I would ride every day, you know, I felt the best training was riding. I didn't really feel if I, I would, I tried doing the gym workouts and things like that. And they just, didn't work for me, but when I would, I would ride my four wheeler, like it's just doing muscle memory. I just always felt riding was the best training. That's there's a lot of people that are of that school of thought and it works, you know, mm-hmm. the, the more familiar you are with the machine and what it's going to do, the better you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with, there's no wrong way or there's no right way. The wrong way or right way to train is whatever works for you. And it worked for me for 12 times. So I'll take it. (laughs) Let's go to the, let's go to the hard portion of the conversation. You're, you're in your forties and you still have fighting. I'm out of my (laughs) forties. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. I didn't hear that. Um, we're just going <laughs> to, we're just going to move a different direction, but, um, you still have a lot of fight in you. Do you, I do. See, do you see your racing career continuing? Um, you know, my, my fights for championships, I think are over, which is perfectly fine. That All good things come to an end. But I still feel uh, I'm 47 right now. I feel at my age, like I feel like I still can get a win. 
it's been a challenge for me, but I'm figuring it out. And uh, in my heart, I feel I still have a win in me. So that has been my goal is that I'm trying to get this one win in at the age 47. So I'm hoping I can do it this year. Well, there's a pretty tough field out there racing with you. They are. This women's class is such a wonderful class. All the girls in this class have such their own unique personality. Like Hannah, she's just so happy and go lucky. And then, and then you have uh, Kate. Kate, she's really strong willed. You know, she's really focused on her, her training and her program. And then you have Jessica. Jessica, she's just a hard worker. Like Jessica actually reminds me of myself. Like when I see Jessica and her work ethic, I see a lot of me in her. So uh, it's pretty cool to have these cool relationships with these girls. And then we have Chloe, who's the rookie this year. And Chloe Harper, she's just she's on fire. I mean, if she gets up front, she rolls and uh, she has some learning to do, but I mean, she's, she knocked off a win this year. So that's really, really impressive for a rookie. So uh, I'm just really honored that I get to race with these girls because I've watched them all come up through the ranks as young racers and to see them have success. And that's what we want. We want this women's classes, WXC class to just keep having success and to keep pushing each other to keep that level of intensity up there. Cause that's what the fans want. That's what people want to see. They want to see different winners. They want to see the determination. They want to see the battles right to the checkered flag. So those girls are all doing a phenomenal job. If you look at XC one and over the years, it's been, you know, Walker Fowler and Barry Hawk and build balance and you know i don't want to leave anybody out and 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 these championships that have went on for years and years and you have bryson neal working on his second title but you also have had four different winners in that class this year which if you go back i can't remember in any portion of the history that i'm calculating that you've had four different winners I don't think so either. As I think back, I think you're correct on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing how the level of the sport, I mean, everybody just keeps getting faster and faster and everyone's training harder and harder. And then they all want to, they all want that title. You know, it's great that that hunger is there. My point being was if you look at the WXC, you have three different winners and you have five ladies that are constantly in that little group that can pop out on top at any given second. You of course, being one of those ladies. So you, you, you look at the fan base watching these races and how exciting they can be because they never know who's going to win. Yeah, it is. Our fans are fantastic. They're out in the woods cheering us on. And it, it, it is, it's, it's neat because even the last race I was running fourth and I broke a tie rod going into the last lap. And uh, part of me, when I, my husband was fixing it, he said, I go, who's winning? He goes, Oh, it's a real close battle. The top, top three are battling. Chloe has a bit of a lead, but he's, you don't know who it's going to be. And I like, and he's there fixing it. And I'm like, 
I don't know. I sure don't want to stay and watch. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'll try to get you fixed on time. If not, you can stay and watch the finish, but he got me fixed. And I, I, I'm a big believer. Like when I start a race, I finish it no matter what. So, um, he got me out going again and, uh, I didn't get to see the end of the race, but, uh, my husband, he was so kind. He videotaped it for me. So I got to see Chloe finish her first podium and win. And, you know, Jessica and Hannah, we thought that was going to be a closer battle at the end, but, uh, Jessica came in second and Hannah was in third. So even though I didn't get the witness that I like, I was so torn, but I'm like, no, I have to finish a race. Cause that's one of my things through my entire career. You know, you finish no matter what, no matter how hard it may be, even if you don't want to go back out, you always finish what you started. So I went out and finished that last lap, but I got to see all the ladies at, after the race anyhow then. <laughs> being a fan and being a racer in the class, that it, that's kind of a struggle some days, isn't it? It is because, you know, when I first started racing, I was this, it was, I was so competitive. I had to win. Like, I do whatever it takes to win, you know, and now that I'm a mom and I look at this women's class, like I'm just so proud of all of them. It's like, I'm a proud mom now. And you know, that all that competitiveness isn't the intensity where, where it once was, but now it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm old enough to be all the women I'm racing. I'm old enough to be their mom. <laughs> so I'm as old or older than some of their parents. <laughs> so, um, I have a lot of proud moments out on the track. Like people are like, well, you're out there. You should be trying to beat him. I'm like, I know. But like, when you see Chloe make an awesome pass, like I'm proud of her. Like she's young, you know, she's 18 years old and she just made an awesome pass. Like it, I get, I have a lot of proud moments on the track. And I always make sure after the race, if they do something really well, that I tell them, or if they do something that I think, well, maybe that wasn't the safest thing you should have done. I'll tell them that too. Cause I don't want to see any of them get hurt because that has been my strong point in racing is racing all these years and never had a serious injury or any that I had missed racing or did out a race. So that's, you know, I strive to them, you know, yes, you want to win. You also have to stay healthy, you know, you're not healthy. You can't race. So I always try to tell them, you know, make the passes when you can, but make sure they're, they're safe passes. Cause I don't want to see any of them get hurt. So. So when you get out front and it, it, it's your day proud or not, uh, I don't think that you're just going to say it's okay. Go ahead. Go bye. No, I'm not going to do that, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's different. It's different. People say, well, what's different racing as a mom? I go, well, you know, it's hard to explain what is different, but something just changes inside of you when you become a parent and you maybe look at things a little bit differently and you maybe not push or charge as hard in a more technical rough section as you would back in, back in my younger days. But, uh, you know, Hey, I'm just happy that I'm still able to race this class and that I'm still able to, you know, to run in that top four and five right now. So, I mean, I, I'm happy with where I'm at because the thing is, is I'm happy when I'm racing and people are like, well, don't you think you should just be done or hang it out? I'm like, 
you don't understand. Racing makes me happy. I don't have to win to be happy. Being on my four-wheeler racing is what makes me happy. That's that's a very profound statement. But you've also you are also a decorate highly decorated champion. Do you think that being a highly decorated champion helps that transition? Yes, I have a, a huge support system, not only at in my home with my mom and with my husband and my son, but also at the track. You know, I'm my best friend is Johnny Gallagher. I mean, you know, we have a lot of serious conversations and things like that. Just, you know, and all the GNCC staff, they've all been there for my entire career. That's what's really cool about GNCC racing. Their staff members rarely change. So you've known these people for years and they've watched, you know, they watched me as a 20 year old, a 30 year old and a 40 year old. And they've seen me come all through all different aspects of life. So they, you know, they're there for me. They help me and um, they help me more than what they know. I think that's outstanding uh, that 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 series is still growing and it's the number one series in the United States for ATVs. Yes. And that's why, because of their employees, the family, it's just, there's a lot of love at GNCC racing. Do the motorcycle people and the ATV people interact much? Uh, yes. I, I think in my earlier years, I, it was a little bit different, but I feel now that there's more of friendships, interactions between the ATVs and the motorcycles, especially the ATV women and the motorcycle women, the WXC classes, uh, we've all grown to actually pay attention to each other. So, you know, I started paying attention more to the motorcycle racing and the motorcycle girls started paying attention more to the ATV racing. And, you know, with that, it built friendships among all of us, you know, and uh, uh, she does uh, um, women of moto um, and she is just highlighting the women's WXC classes. Actually, she does all the women's. So any class that has a woman in it, she does all the Instagram accounts for that. Uh, all the videos, reports for motorcycles and ATV. So, and I think that has really helped us motorcycles and ATV women's really cross over and get to learn each other, not only as racers, but actually personally. Can you repeat what that is? Because I did, it, it did one of those little burp, burp right oh, in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, it's called uh, Moto of Women of Moto on Instagram. If you okay. follow that account, it's, they just highlight all the women racers of GNCC. It doesn't matter. It's a WXC, it's the youth, it's the micro, um, and they do ATVs and motorcycles. Hi, JP. That's, that's, <laughs> you say, we have a little guest. Say hi, hi. How are you? Good. Millions of people, uh, millions of people watch your mom all around the world. What do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't expect that answer. <laughs> to, to him, I'm just mom. <laughs> right. right. See you every day. Yeah. You know? I, mom, I'm the one who hollers. I'm the one who says, eat your supper, you know, pick up your clothing. I'm a mom. I'm a mom. <laughs> he has no idea that the culture that you have built for the women that you race with and the, the sport that you love so much, it's an, it's an, it's incredible. It really is because uh, people like you are the reason why our sport's growing. You may not realize it. Other people may, may not realize it, but all of those young ladies that you've talked about and that you're so proud of when, they, when they're out doing the things that you love to do, this is why the sport has grown and is growing because of your support. So if you decide not to race, I hope that you will still become um, an ambassador for the sport and keep up your legacy by allowing these women the education uh, that you can offer. Yeah. I, I will always be involved. I will be always go attend. If I'm not racing anymore, I will still always be there. Even when I took those um, three years off to have JP, um, I still was going to the races. <laughs> I couldn't stay away. Me and my husband tried a couple races and we couldn't do it. So, you know, if, if I'm not there racing, we'll definitely be there spectating. And as of right now, my son loves GNCC racing. So right now, I think that's his number one sport right now. So uh, if that continues, we'll be there for a very long time, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope he, I hope he does continue it because um, if he's anything like you, he's going to do very, very well. Well, we hope so. You know, we have a lot of people come up to us and be like, oh, with you and Jeff. Oh, okay. Thank you, buddy. Uh, with him being, you know, me and Jeff's child, you know, because, you know, Jeff has a really good racing record too. And I said, but you know, he has, we can teach him anything we know or want him to know about racing, but you know, he has to want it. He has to have the love and the passion for the sport. And if it's not there, that's okay. You know, we're here to help him. We're here to guide him. But if he finds or soccer, you know, we'll follow him in that passion too. You know, you know, Deep down inside, I really want his passion to be racing. But if it doesn't happen, I just want him to be happy because that's what makes us humans function is being happy. And if you find something that you truly love and it makes you happy, you know, you'll live a long, happy life. So I agree with that so much. Um, the to hear you say that it makes you that happy. Uh, when you're riding your ATV, that's really what it's all about. You know, I mean, I, other than spending time with my wife, I can't think of anything better than to go build an ATV. Hang on. You're, I can barely hear you. I don't know what happened to the sound. You're coming through long. Great. At one point it got really quiet. Yeah. I don't know what's going on because everything sound everything's supposed to be normal over on on what I'm looking at. Yeah. Did it come back at all? 
Yeah, it's just you're just really I can I can just barely hear you. It's really faint. Wow. Turned up my volume. Yeah, my volume all the way up. It was fine. And then it just sort of got real quiet. Yeah, it did the same on this end, too. From when I uh, you were talking and then it got quiet and then you came right back. Okay. I I apologize. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. My (laughs) My daughter does all the tech stuff for me because I can't I don't know how to do any of it. Fortunately. <laughs> That's how I usually hand my phone to JP. I'm like, here, figure this out for me, buddy. <laughs> right. Um, the rest of this year, you, you know, you're in and are you pretty much in for next year too? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I play it. How me and my husband play it. We play it year by year. Um, you know, all goes on how I'm feeling. If I feel good and feel like I have the strength to race, I'll race. If not, I'll be there spectating and cheering on and helping all that I can. The one question I've been nagging with the whole time, you live in Pennsylvania and the weather is frozen most of the winter time. How does that affect you going to the first couple rounds? Uh, can you repeat that again? Did you ask about training here in PA? No, I was asking about the weather when, uh, it, it, when it's frozen in Pennsylvania in the wintertime. Oh yeah. Well, I love winter. Uh, I love, I love riding in the snow. So we always just rode. If we had to go plow a track in, we, we'd ride. Um, I grew up, um, my dad built this huge pond where we would do, uh, ice racing with four wheelers. So we'd put, um, uh, we'd have studs in our tires and we'd be out there racing on the ice. And, you know, it, it never stopped us from riding. We always rode all year round. Um, uh, actually to now it's easier riding because now we have all these cool heated vests and things like that to keep you warm. <laughs> and so I living here in PA really, the winners don't really affect training wise um lately the past couple years we haven't been getting a lot of snow so it's just been cold but we haven't been getting the snowy weather so you know riding actually has been really good in pennsylvania do you guys snowmobile i don't because like i said we just i did when we were younger like growing up like when i was 15 16 17 we'd snowmobile all the time but now we just don't get the snowstorms to really justify having snowmobiles anymore. If not, we'd have to always head north up to New York to snowmobile. So, yeah, we we don't want to go north, right? <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. No. Yeah, I, I don't I, understand I, what happened to the sound. Yeah, neither do I. It's bumming me out. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you great. There, I, I don't know. It sort of got what there. That's better now. I don't know yeah. if I hit a. Who knows? That's much better. One of us did something to make it better, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So, so what I was asking you is, is you guys really don't want to go north to to go snowmobiling? It's not the same passion as going and racing your ATV, right? No, I'll ride a four wheeler anywhere. You know, uh, that's one of 
with racing ATVs, I've been exposed to a lot of great opportunities. Um, I actually been out West a lot of times. Um, I actually got to go down and ride in Mexico. Um, actually I rode Borealis's four wheeler in Mexico. Uh, we did this long trail ride and stuff, um, with, uh, Corey Hogue with, with Alba and, uh, it was a really cool stay overnight type ride. We had chase trucks following us and things like that. And, uh, so I got to ride, you know, down here and ride, ride part of Baja. Um, I got to do a lot of desert racing. Um, I raced the Henderson 400. Um, so I got to ride in Glamis and the sand dunes. So with, racing and being part of GNCC, I also got exposed to a lot of other, it opened a lot of other opportunities for me to see other parts of the world. Um, I have been to California several times because that's where Yamaha's headquarters are. Um, let me see what else, uh, actually we'll be heading to Vail, Colorado, which I've never been there, uh, for, to celebrate 20 years of the Yamaha YFZ. 450. So okay. in Van here, they're having a, a celebration. So I'll be heading there for that. So it's, you know, racing GNCCs. Yes, I get to travel the whole East Coast, but I also got to see a lot of the West Coast. I did some works races and things like that. So I've, I've, uh, I got to see a lot because of racing and uh, it's brought me a lot of great opportunities. That's outstanding. You're still affiliated with Yamaha then I take it. Yes. 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 Kind of a, kind of a family. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the blue crew. Uh, you know, they've always been so good to me. And, uh, like I said, I was having some hard times and that's when they sort of picked me up as a rider and, you know, I'll, I'll, I would never be able to get to repay them for that. Like they've, they've done so much for me. They've done so much for my career and, you know, they're a great company to be part of and I'll bleed glue forever. <laughs> you got, you got to love it. Whether you're a Honda guy or a Yamaha person or Kawasaki Suzuki, when you're loyal and a company like that has taken care of you, you have to back them. And right now Yamaha is it. I mean, who else is supporting this, the, the sport quad industry? Correct. Yeah. They're the only ones. Yes. Yeah. So you have to, we all have to back them, you know, whatever they're going to do, however they're going to do it, you know, jump on a Yamaha, ride it. Granted, I've always been a ride red guy, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to riding blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're a great company. They, you know, they really value family and, and, you know, that's always been my big thing is family. So they really value family and, you know, it's just something I always wanted to be a part of. And I, I, I'm so happy to be part with them. Well, to be honest with you, a lot of the championships that I've been privileged to be a part of as far as a mechanic or or be the builder of the machine, they were blue. Yeah. <laughs> so whether you love red or not, and the reason we our Honda affiliated, our dad was a Honda certified mechanic and uh, managed a Honda dealership back in the early seventies. So that's what we grew up on. Right. Right. 
you know, so, so the kids that have grown up on Yamaha, I understand why they're Yamaha backed and, and they're only going to ride Yamahas. It's because that's what they grew up on. And yeah. JP does this thing where he teases Adam McGill because Adam's Adam McGill's a real ride red. So JP, every time he sees him, he's always like ride blue or if JP has a Yamaha shirt on, he'll go like this and show uh, Adam McGillis t-shirt, you know, his Yamaha t-shirt. So <laughs> it's pretty cool that they, you know, he can tease back and forth with Adam. And it's pretty cool. Adam's a good dude. I want to get him on the show one of these days, but uh, I think he's afraid of the microphone. Do you think? Yeah, I, I do, honestly, because maybe he thinks that it's a more structured interview style when it's just a conversation. And and the few times that I've got him on the phone, we've talked about such an amazing different amount of conversations in one where it wasn't just about this or just about that. It covered everything. Um, plus, we both like 250 R's, so we might end up just talking about 250 R's the whole time. <laughs> yeah. He does have a love for those. <laughs> Can you believe the year he's having? Uh, it's amazing. And, uh, and you know, women, men, like he's inspiring, you know, because I'm like, go at him. You know, we, we always, me and Jeff always talk, well, we had to cheer for the old dogs, you know, so we cheer for Adam McGill. We, we cheer for Chris Forge, you know, because they're, they're the old dogs, you know, they, you know, they were racing when I started racing. So it's it's pretty cool. And Adam is just, I would, I would love to talk to him because I'm a, I'm a fan from afar because of, yes, he's older, but the fight he has in him this year and the year that he's having is, it's just, it's incredible going out and winning what I would consider probably the roughest race that you guys will race all year, all that mud. It just, it was horrible. Yeah, he did it. Yeah. And in, 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 in what I would consider young man's conditions. Right. Yeah. But, you know, he has that. I don't want to say, well, he says it. So he has that old dog knowledge, though, <laughs> you know, so he he played that card very, very well. And uh, yeah, like like I wasn't when when they, when I saw that he won that race, like I wasn't shocked. I'm like, I was very ecstatic for him, but it didn't shock me. I'm like, that's Adam, you know, cause Adam's always been a great mud rider. And, and yeah, you just, you can never count him out. And this year, I think he's finished out of the top four, maybe one time. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He's having an amazing season. He'll, he'll def definitely remember this one. Oh yeah. And he, Cause, and, and his fan base is growing because of it some of his social media stuff is growing it too so yes yeah he he's really good with social media <laughs> he's you know nowadays you have to be good with social media and, yeah, and you know you, you have to be but then there's always you know if people know who you are they they still follow you you know they don't have to do everything through social media I agree with that to a point. There are some people that just, I mean, fans gravitate to them or people gravitate to them. And then there's other people that really have to work hard at it. I'm one of right. those. It, it doesn't come easy to me. So social media. So I, I my daughters help a great deal um, with getting me in the right place and to do the things that you're supposed to do because 
pick up the phone and do a little video. Yeah, that's not me. So they'll pick up the phone and have me do the little video right then. No. <laughs> well, it's yeah. just that we didn't, I mean, I didn't grow up with that either. So it, it's harder learning the social media aspects, but it, it, it is. It yeah. is. You know, Tracy, I want to thank you so much. I'm very honored that you took the time to speak with me um, because you're an icon in our industry and a legend that I don't even think you realize um, how big your legacy is and the amount of people that know you and know of you. It's incredible. There's you can't go to a form of ATV racing that your name is not known. So um, you may not know this, but the people that I know in Europe know of you. And it's, it's just a, it's just a thing that I'm super honored to have you on the show. So I appreciate it so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. You know, the team here at ATV talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATV San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world. And they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to Duncan Tech International at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 